everyone, and welcome to another episode of What You're Reading. Uh, this will be for the week of August 20th. It's been quite a reading week for me. Not so much because I finished a whole bunch. Um, you know, it's about an average reading week for me in that regards. But you guys, I have been through the entire gambit of ratings and reactions this week. Like, I, I kid you not. I started out with a disappointing book. I moved from there to a rage-inducing, frustrating book. Uh, but then I had a really awesome book that I had been waiting for. And then I ended the week out with a not quite as awesome, but still really, really enjoyable book. So let's get into what all those were, because I went from one spectrum to the other all through the week. Uh, so... Unfortunately, the disappointing one first. Okay. <sighs> this one kind of hurts to talk about. Or I should say it hurts to admit that it was disappointing. Um, because I had such high hopes for it. And I don't think I'm the only one. And I'm going to be curious to see how, um, how everyone reacts to this one as it comes out. Um, so yeah, the one I'm talking about is Too Beautiful to Break by Tessa Bailey. Uh, it releases on the 26th of September. Jen and I uh, are doing a discussion post on it, uh, which will have spoilers in it, so just be warned. If you haven't read it by the 27th, which is when our post is going live, the 27th of September, if you have not read the book by then and you don't want to be spoiled on anything, I mean, it's not like we're going to give out everything in the book, but we're not um, we're not being vague on some of the things that we had uh, issues with. So uh, if you haven't read it by the 27th, you know, maybe just bookmark the page, come back to the discussion afterwards, because I do want to know if anyone else had some of these, um, you know, some of these thoughts that Jen and I are going to go over. So stay tuned for that discussion. I'm not going to go into a whole bunch about the book right now because of that, but I will say my final rating for it was only three stars. And... Like I said, that's hard because I was so looking forward to Belmont's book from the very first book in that series. When when that came out and we met Belmont, I was like, oh my god, he is my kind of hero. I need his book in my face right now. It's going to be amazing. And then we see more of him in the second book and the third book, and I'm still thinking that I need Belmont's book. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to love him. And then his book came out, or, you know, the arc for it came, and I... I was left um, somewhat frustrated, but mostly just underwhelmed. And I mean, I guess it comes down to maybe some of that was I had built so much of this up in my head leading up to it that it just couldn't compete with with what I had built up in my head, I guess. I, I had my expectations built up too high. Maybe it was doomed to, you know, disappoint some. I don't know, but yeah, it just, it ended up being my least favorite in the series, and I had hoped all along that it was going to be my favorite, and it just didn't happen. Uh, so, like I said, remember, check back on September 27th if you want to know more about why Jen and I, and we both ended up with the same rating, why we had you know, some some issues with Sage and Belmont's story. Um, that's all I will say about that. So from there, the next book that I finished was an audiobook. Oh, 
this book, you guys. This book. I've got to control myself because otherwise I could literally go on for like an hour of bitching about it. Because the more that I think about it, the more that there's just so much to pick apart. So the book was The Royal We by Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan. And I mentioned it briefly in last week's uh, episode, and I kind of half-assed, and I think I was still in denial. Even though I was like 60% in when I recorded that, I think I was still in denial about how much it bothered me and how much I hated it. That I was kind of like, oh, well, we'll see how this goes. I'm kind of on the fence. No, I was never on the fence. Now that I think about it more and more, I was never on the fence. I hated that book from the beginning. I hated it. And you might say, well, why didn't you just DNF it? Here's the thing. If it had been an ebook or, you know, a print book even that I was reading, I would have DNF'd it. I, I, I would have a lot sooner. I don't know how soon into it, but I would have DNF'd it because it was frustrating as hell. But it was an audiobook, and I don't DNF audiobooks unless there is like a horrible, horrible narrator who I cannot stand to listen to. That's pretty much what would make me DNF an audiobook. I mean, I guess there might be exceptions to this, you know, makeshift rule that I'm making there. But um, the way that I do audiobooks, by the way, is I listen while I'm out walking the dog twice a day, and I listen while I'm like doing stuff you know, housework or yard work or whatever, if it's dishes, if it's cooking, if it's, you know, doing the lawn, whatever, stuff like that is when I listen. So because of that, I, if it's an awesome audiobook, you know, then it's, it's an entertaining escape while I'm doing these other things. If it's not such a great audiobook, at least it is background noise while I'm doing these things so that I do not, you know, zone out and go crazy getting stuck in my own mind or whatever. So I will stick with a horrible story in an audiobook form just to have something playing while I'm doing these things. Whereas that same story in a book form, I would DNF the crap out of it. So um, that kind of went off, but that's why I did not DNF this. I kind of wish I had though, because it was like 500 pages of complete and utter frustrating shit. I, I don't know how else to say that. It just, it was. It was the longest, most boring and drawn out and confusing and frustrating book. Confusing because I couldn't understand the timeline of it all. Like it literally took me until I think it was like 90% in when somebody, a character in the book mentioned, oh hey, it's been eight years since you two first met. That was the first time I had any clue how long it had been because it jumps around and so much is not on page. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, it just, I couldn't keep track of how many years have passed and how long they've been together and how long they've been apart because that's also a thing. And it was just, it was just annoying. It was confusing for the timeline of it, and the entire, like, story was beyond annoying. Um, it's told in first person, by the way, only from the heroine's perspective. And the way that it's told is, which also factors into why it's so confusing by timeline, is it starts out with her talking in the present. And then she goes back to tell you how she got to that point and tells their entire story from the past. But while she's in the past telling you about it, she will randomly, like in the middle of a thought, say, oh, and this thing I'm talking about would later affect this thing in the future, but I didn't know it then. And it just, it just helped to mess everything up and... Oh, it was just so annoying. Like pick a, pick a, pick a past, a, 
present or a future, whatever the hell you're going to write it in. But this jumbled stuff was just, it didn't help. I guess that's what it comes down to. It did not do one thing to help the flow or the, um, just didn't help the book or the story in any way. It made it more confusing. Um, and then we had the fact that a lot of this book, it's 500 pages, or almost uh, 500 pages, and most of this story that's the actual story doesn't take place on the page. So it's kind of labeled as a romance. It's not a romance, you guys. By the way, this is not a romance novel. It is a cross between fan fiction, um, blatant fan fiction, really. I mean, it's basically Will and Kate, you know, royal fan fiction. But it's a cross between fan fiction and chiclet. But it's not a romance. But everyone keeps calling it, and it's categorized from my library and on Goodreads and everything as a contemporary romance. And it's not a romance. Because eight years from the time they meet to the time of the end of the book, and I bet you they are only together, like, as a couple, I don't know, maybe a few years out of that? I, that's, that's kind of stretching it, even saying a few years total. But even out of that time, the amount of time that they're together, like, on page, you can see it, and you're following their relationship, is probably just a few weeks of worth of time. Seriously, when I say that so much of this story didn't even take place on the page, that's what I mean. Like, the romance especially, most of it is done off page. You're just supposed to take for granted uh, that they're telling you, she's telling you that, you know, oh, they've been together for this amount of time this time, or they're apart again, or, um you know, whatever, but you don't actually see any of the romance on page. I don't understand why these two fell in love. I never believed that they fell in love. I never believed that they had any reason or, like, anything that was keeping them together. I could kind of see their friendship that started in the very beginning of the book, but then the jump to love, and then, you know, love into, oh, I'm going to marry you, and we're going to have a happily ever after, and the whole time I'm going, no, you're not. You guys are not meant to be together. They just, they didn't, and I hated there's also so much time where they're apart. And I don't just mean like, oh, he's not around, although that's a thing too. But they actually break up for, I think, a couple years. Again, I'm really, I'm unsure on the timeline of any of this because it was so confusing. But they were broken up for at least a couple of years. And while they're broken up, I mean, they are really broken up. They're off fucking everyone that they want, both of them, um, and partying and doing all this stuff. And then they somehow come back together again, and it's all good, and then she's engaged to him, and I still don't understand how, when it was all about, no, she was never going to be able to marry him because she's an American, and she's not in any way or shape or form royal, and then suddenly that's not a problem, and they're engaged, and they're planning the big wedding, and I didn't understand any of it. I mean, you have to just suspend your disbelief and accept that this is, like, truly fan fiction of their story, of Will and Kate's, you know, story, but it was just, it was horrible. And the characters all in here are so one-dimensional. There's nothing to them. I hated all of them. And then the, the people themselves, I mean, they're just so shallow and they were so selfish and there was nothing redeeming about her or about him, about any of the so-called friends, which none of these people they had around them were good friends because, like, all of them were trying to get some from him, trying to get something from her, trying to backstab him, trying to betray him and blackmail him, and it was just, 
all this constant drama and shit and the romance wasn't on page, there's no sex on page, which is honestly like just the moldy cherry on top of this giant pile of flaming garbage of disappointment. Um, seriously, guys, stop me because I could keep going. It was just, it was horrible. And I think the thing that got me the most was this was published by a big publisher. I believe it's HarperCollins that did it. And it read like... It read like bad fanfiction. I don't mean to throw fanfiction under the bus because, hell, romance is thrown under the bus. I'm not going to do the same to another, you know, another type of writing or stories telling. But this read like the type of fanfiction that you would find online where the only thing that's been done to it is the writer, you know, had some second cousin who had, you know, straight A's and writing class in high school. So she's a professional, obviously, take a look over it before she posted it. Like, that's, that's the level of professionalism that I got out of this writing. I don't know how to describe it. It just, it didn't read like something that should be being published by a big publisher. And that's not like to say that there was spelling or grammar errors. It was just not great writing or storytelling. It was just horrible. It was just horrible. Seriously, I will stop. Um, I guess the only redeeming quality, if you will, about that was the narrator for the audiobook. I didn't mind her narration, although I will say she did sometimes mix up accents from character to character, like an Irish accent and like an English accent for two different characters, or she would drop an accent randomly. But I mean, compared to the problems I had with the actual story, like that was nothing. I, I was fine with that. And so that's, you know, why I kind of kept going with that. Like I says, I only DNF an audiobook if the narrator is just horrendously bad, and that was not the case here. The narrator here was pretty good. I would totally listen to another from her, not this book. And by the way, this book is $9.99 for an ebook. Hell fucking no. This book was not even worth 99 cents. Like, I got it, you know, through my library, this audiobook. It wasn't even worth that. It was just ugh, a waste of my time. <sighs> okay, I'm stopping. That's it. I just, I hated it. One star, in case I did not say. One star, and honestly, I'd probably give it zero stars, but I guess I'll count the one star, giving that to the narration that wasn't too bad. Um, luckily... On a more positive note, my next book that I finished was the opposite. It was just an amazing book. And that was Deacon by Kit Rocha. Um, I could be still saying the name wrong. This is what happens when you spend all your time talking books on the internet, but never actually talking, you know, out loud to people and hearing the names and speaking it. So I apologize. Um, anyway, Deacon is out on Tuesday. And Jen actually read it uh, as well. She has got a review that'll be going up for it on Monday. Uh, it's a royal pick for August for both of us. Um, I ended up giving it four and a half stars. And I will just kind of briefly go over it. Seriously, come back Monday to read Jen's review because I think she does a great job of explaining why this story was so awesome. Um, so Deacon is the story of, you guessed it, our hero Deacon, and, uh, the heroine is Anya. Um, so they are both soldiers in Gideon's Riders. Um, she, he is the leader of it. She has the added stress of being the first and the only woman writer. And, you know, all that comes with that, the struggle, 
that the pressure of, you know, obviously being a woman in that field, you have to be being a woman in any field, you have to be so much better and you have to be perfect. And if you screw up, it's an even bigger thing than if a guy screwed up and did the same thing. And she's got little girls that are looking up to her because, hey, she did this. Maybe they can be a fighter one day. And she's worried that if she messes up, she's going to disappoint all these little girls that only have her to look up to for this. So there's all this struggle and conflict, internal conflict that she's got going on. And it just, it really, I think it'll really speak to a lot of us of that that's something that as women we have to deal with and um they they tackle it perfectly i thought um anya is a really strong heroine obviously and she has no qualms about kicking ass and being confident in what she can do i mean that's not to say she doesn't have you know her momentary insecurities of course but she takes no shit and i love that of course that's true for like all of the heroines in this world. I love this world that they've built. It's amazing. Um, you should read it if you're not. By the way, Ashwin, which is book one in this spin-off series that they've done, um, is currently, I believe, still free through Insta Freebie. I will link it below. Um, and maybe the first book in the Beyond series that was before this I think that one might be free again, too. If it is, I will link it in the post. But anyway, if you're not reading this series, you need to do that. It's dystopian. It's really, really sexy. It's strong characters, especially strong heroines. Um, it's just, it's amazing. You won't regret it. So, um, I'm trying to think what more I can give you guys on this. Because I really don't want to ruin it all before Jen's awesome review goes up. I will say, I was talking about how these books are really hot. They are. This one is no exception. Um, there's some finger-banging of her against her locker. There is, uh, you know, their first time together, he's telling her, come on, show me what you like, and she does, and I'm all here for showing, you know, on page, the, the couple showing each other what they like, and what gets them off when they're alone or what gets them off period I'm here for that so that was that was hot as hell and yeah I love seeing you know a lot of the other characters that are going to be getting their books soon I need all of these books like right the fuck now and I think it's probably going to be I don't even know when book three is coming out shit I know it's probably going to be a while that's just my luck um, but book three will be about Ivan who is another writer, and he is currently playing personal bodyguard to Gideon's youngest sister, and I, I am here for the personal bodyguard stories like that. I am so here for it. So yeah, I need that in my life right now. I need all of the books in this entire world in my life right now, but you know, I can't have everything, and I guess I gotta give the two of them time to, you know, actually write the books because that just doesn't happen overnight unfortunately for us readers. <laughs> so anyway, Deacon was awesome and you should get it. And that cover, the entire cover, um, the entire series, the covers for all of those books are amazing. Go look at them and drool over them. And uh, they did such a wonderful job getting the cover work done for those. So the final book that I finished for the week was another audiobook. And it was My Kind of Wonderful, oh my god, My Kind of Wonderful by Jill Chalvez. 
and I ended up giving this one a four star rating and the narrator is between like a three and a half four star kind of inching more towards four star um, the narrator for this one is Karen White and she does a lot of the narration for Shalvez or at least every Shalvez that I've listened to she's been the narrator for him and she's not a favorite one for me there's something very distinct about her voice which can be a good thing sometimes but it can also make it so that the characters all sound the same like it within the book and from book to book and I don't know I have noticed though that the more that I've listened to books from her I don't mind it as much like the first one I listened to I really didn't like her narration but I think this is like the fourth or fifth one maybe that I've that I've listened to and it her narration doesn't bother me as much but I still don't think she's ever going to be like a favorite narrator for me um, but to the story itself this is a story of Hudson and Bailey um, Hudson along with his half-siblings run the family resort in um, Colorado yeah I'm pretty sure it's in Colorado um, and he does like ski patrol and he does a whole bunch of stuff around that resort trying to make sure that everything is running. He's always, always has his phone and his, you know, um, walkie-talkie and whatever going off because there's always a problem or there's always something that needs to be done that he's got to take care of. And on top of all that, he also volunteers or pulls a shift anyway as a cop in their small town as well. And then he's got to worry about his mother, which... Um, I won't get into a lot of that, but his mother has some problem where she will get confused about whether she is, uh, whether it's the past still. Like, she can be talking to her, her to Hudson and act like he's still a 10-year-old and, you know, something that happened, you know, 20 years ago or whatever just happened yesterday while he was at school or something. And she slips into this a lot. It's very rare for her to be, um you know, not stuck in this weird past and they can't really figure out what it's causing it. Anyway, so my point was he's got obviously the stress of having to, you know, make sure his mom's doing okay and, and uh, you know, she's always, I guess, getting into trouble, like using his card to buy these things and whatnot. It's a whole thing. Um, he's got his plate full is basically what it comes down to. Uh, Bailey is a graphic designer. Uh, she doesn't live in their town. She lives, um, I think, in Denver. Again, it's got to be in Colorado, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but De Bailey is also a cancer survivor. Um, she had it most of her teen years, and uh, she's 24, I believe, in this book. And she just stopped, like, chemo and everything, like, six or eight months ago. And, um, you know, is still getting tested to see if it's coming back, what's happening. If I remember right, I want to say she had leukemia. Oh, I really can't remember. I am horrible at small details like that. Um, but anyway, so, you know, that, that affects her because she's had so much of her life that was spent with everyone, her mother and, you know, the one boyfriend that she had and, you know, family or friends or whatever, worried, you know, how is she doing? Is she okay? Um, and, you know, now that she's, you know, finally better, she's she's tired of having that, you know, bubble wrap being put around her and everyone being so concerned and afraid that she's fragile and going to break. And so she's trying to do this, um, you know, list that she's made, not a bucket list, but just kind of a list of here's what she wants to do now that she's, you know, better and she wants to take control of her life again and whatever. And, um, 
the reason that she goes up to the resort is actually Hudson's mother gets a hold of her and wants her to do a mural on the resort of the entire, um, all the half-siblings and all that. And she goes up to do that. And of course, Hudson is telling her, no, you know, my mother shouldn't have called you. We don't want this. We're not going to hire you. And she's like, well, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to charge for this. This is something that I need to do. And your mother wants it done. And, you know, of course, he gets convinced, yes, you can do it. Um, so she spends weekends for the next couple months coming up to do that. And of course, one thing leads to another, and soon she's up there on the weekends not just to paint, but, you know, to enjoy some time with him. And it starts out as, you know, just this one night, this, this, maybe a second night, maybe a third night, you get the point. Of course, eventually they come around to the fact that it's not just, you know, a sexy fling that they're having and there's emotions of all involved and um, it was just it was a really enjoyable read like that's really all I can say about it it was fun it was charming it was um, it was just comforting it was just comforting there is one scene that made me laugh where there's a whole thing that Hudson and his brothers have going and have had going for years where they will give one another, you know, usually it's like underwear or something that is, you know, supposed to be funny or outlandish or whatever, just to mess with them. And then they're supposed to actually wear it. And he had just gotten the pair from one of his brothers that is a pair of briefs and across the groin it says choking hazard. And of course he had to wear that on the same day that the two of them ended up having a quickie in his office. And she takes down his pants, and she's about ready to give him a blowjob, and what does she see right in her face, literally, but choking hazard written across his heart on. And it was just, it was funny. And then on top of that, that entire scene while they're trying to have the quickie in the office, um, you know, everyone is still outside coming and going and knocking, and, you know, Hudson, we have this problem, and Hudson, we need you for this, and, you know, she's kind of iffy about this, and... Um, you know, he just ignores them outside and keeps doing what he was doing, but yeah, it was a fun scene. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm definitely curious to read, um, it looks like the next book in this series is Jacob's book. Jacob is Hudson's estranged, uh, twin. He went off to fight, as soon as he turned 18, he left, um, there's a whole thing about that. They had a fight and stuff, but anyway, he left to go fight, and in the army and he's been there ever since he doesn't come hasn't came back and he doesn't talk to the family or especially not to Hudson but of course he's finally um he's finally going to return and he's going to find you know his happily ever after and i am here for it because there's something i have a weakness for the you know the one brother or the one guy in town or whatever that um you know stayed away for so long and is finally brought back and has to find his way back in with his family or his friends or the community and finds his love. I'm, I'm a sucker for that. I'm also a sucker for just, you know, the returning vet. Um, but yeah, Shelves, her books are always just comforting to read. They're kind of a comfort read, I guess. But the thing I will say is a lot of her books that I've read, and I mean, I admit I have only read a handful, um, but her books don't always stand out for me. Like, after the fact, I don't always remember a lot about them in, you know, years or months even after I read them. 
but I love them while I'm reading them. They're enjoyable. They are entertaining. And you know what? That's what matters. Um, I will say there is one of her books that I've read that really stood out to me. And of course, I'm not going to be able to remember the title. Damn it. It's one of her animal magnetism books. And it's the one where the hero is Griffin or Griffith. Damn it. I should have looked this up. Um, and he was a returning vet with PTSD and migraines. And the heroine in that one was a teacher who was kind of stuck in town because of her dad and her brother. And anyway, that one, like, I really had a felt a connection to the problems that the heroine had and the emotions that she was going through and all that. And I also have a thing for, you know, the heroine taking care of the hero when he's um, not feeling great or he's having a problem. So two things that, you know, always make me really enjoy a book. So my point was that I think is the only Shalbus book that really sticks out to me and that I would like happily go and reread. In fact, I bought a print copy of that one. Um, to keep and most of her others I love them I like listening to them or reading them at the time but there's something about them that I don't want to say that's forgettable because that sounds really harsh but they just I guess they don't always stand out for me after the fact but that's the case with a lot of books to be honest especially because if it wasn't for like Goodreads and my you know reading um, journal and stuff like that in the blog to tell me what I've read and what I thought, I would not remember anything that I've read in all these years because that's how my memory is. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt when I say that some of her books are not the most memorable for me. Um, so that was all that I managed to finish for the week. Um, you know, not too bad of a week. That was four books, yeah. And let's get into what I am reading for the weekend because this has once again been a hella long recording. I'm sorry. Um, so I am currently reading Mercy by Helen K. Diamond. Um, that was the pick from this week's TBR poll. Uh, if you do not know about that, every Sunday morning on my Twitter, um, I put up a poll with four titles, um, older, like, books that I've had on my TBR, uh, my Kindle and my print TBR pile for a while. I put four of those up in a poll. And I ask you guys which one of those four I should read for the week so I can kind of work through, um, you know, my TBR mountain. And anyway, Mercy was the one that was picked, and I'm about 25% into that one. And I don't know, I don't really have much to say yet. I'll hold off until, you know, next week and I've finished it to let you guys know. But it's, it's hot, and I've only read a couple of Helen Kay's books before, um, and they were both... Nope, I've read one of her MF. Um, the other ones I've read have been MM. This one is an MF book. Um, but yeah, it's it's going okay. It's it's hot, and like I said, I'll hold off until I've got it all finished to tell you more about it because don't wanna I don't wanna jump into anything when I don't know what all is going on in the story yet because there's some kind of mystery suspense subplot going on. Um, and for my current audiobook, which I actually haven't started it yet. I will be starting it um, tonight, but I'm starting Riveted by Jay Cronover. This is the third book in this series. Um, I hope it goes better than some of the others I've read from her. I've read, this will be the fourth book I've read from her. Uh, I loved, the first one I read from her was Built, which was also the first one in this particular series, and I loved that one. I did that one on audio as well. And then I read 
I believe it was her debut book, um, which was part of a different series, though they're connected. Uh, Rule? Yes, I think it was Rule. And I didn't like that one. I had some problems. Some of it was the writing and the editing, and some of it was the story. And then fast forward some months later, and I decided to pick up book two, or the sequel that came after Built, anyway, also an audio. And I was really disappointed in that one, and I had some issues. And I guess my point is, I've realized her books sometimes work for me, and a lot of the times don't. And I've not quite pinpoint what exactly it is, why they do or do not work. I think it comes down to the writing. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe listening to this one, maybe this will finally help me to figure out what it is that is good or, you know, not so good in her books, at least for me as a reader. I know a lot of others who loved even the last book that I had problems with. A lot of them loved that one. I didn't. So we will see how this one um, goes. And, yeah, that should be everything. I will, of course, have links to everything in the bottom of the blog post. Um, so tell me about what you're reading, either what you've read this past week uh, or just what you're reading right now for the weekend. I want to know. Let me know in the blog. You could tell me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter 24-7, so you can easily find me there. Um... You can even tell me on Facebook if you want. I've got the blog's Facebook, but, you know, to be honest, the page doesn't do much because um, Facebook is the devil. Um, but that's it. That's that's all for this, you know, another long chat about what I read this week. I don't know if you guys like listening to these, and I realize I'm still kind of getting into the groove of it and the audio and, you know, all that stuff, technical stuff and whatnot, but I like doing this. I It gives me time to more time I mean I got the blog and I've got Twitter so I'm always talking to you guys about romance and other stuff but it gives me even more time I think to chat about that and to do it in a way where I feel like I'm just talking to friends about what I've been reading I can't really do that in my real life um, you know like many I don't have romance reader friends around me so I like being able to sit down and talk to you guys and rant about the books that I hated and tell you about books that you should read too and you know, it's also a place where I don't I don't have to censor myself, if you notice from all the F-bombs I dropped. Um, which is, again, censoring myself is something I f have to do constantly in my real life. Um, which is a whole other story we won't get into. But my point is, I enjoy doing this for you guys. I enjoy doing it for myself first, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> which is not to say that I like listening to the sound of my own voice, because I actually kind of hate doing that. But I like the freedom and the fun and I just like doing this and hopefully you guys enjoy listening to it. I hope that maybe this is something for you to, you know, put on while you're doing chores or walks or whatever and, you know, spend your Saturday listening to me talk about the romances that I read. Um, so I will see you guys next week. Bye.